PC or console? PlayStation or Xbox? Mario or Sonic? Welcome to episode seven. Yes, episode seven of the Curious Audience. I am Luke Ryan, and thank you so much for being with me today. Today, I've got some really interesting guests for you, all the way from United States of America. Two gamers who I'm going to introduce to you in a moment, and we're going to talk everything gaming. So let's get to it. Gaming is a popular hobby, though in the past, gaming mostly consisted of heading to the arcade to play Tetris. Pac-Man or Space Invaders. It has transformed in the past few decades and now it has never been easier to enjoy video games of so many different genres in the comfort of your own home. Gaming popularity has only increased with the inclusion of YouTube and Twitch streaming. So today, let's learn more about the gaming world. My first guest today is from Budgie Games and currently working on the epic sequel to Destiny. Welcome, Chris. How are you? Thanks, Luke. Nice to be here. And if you're into dinosaur epics like Ark Survival Evolved, you may have already seen the work of my next guest, all the way from Studio Wildcard, Marty. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? So, guys, I spoke in the intro about some of the projects you've been working on or have been working. What are you working on right now? Uh, I'm working on the next set of weapons for... uh, like the upcoming year of Destiny 2 um, to season 14, which is about to launch in uh, three weeks. Eagerly awaited that game. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And for me, um, I'm actually no longer at Studio Wildcard. Um, I'm currently at Riot Games and I'm working on Legends of Runeterra. Um, And I'm working on in uh, all the upcoming, the upcoming set. Both of you previously worked at 343 Studios on the upcoming title Halo Infinite. So you guys have both moved on to different studios now. Marty, what's the feeling like to leave a studio, to leave a game that's unfinished? Do you become as eager as the fans to see it released so that you can see your work? Yeah, it, it's it's. I, I've been away from 343 uh, specifically long enough where I kind of don't really know what the game looks like anymore or like what the plans are. So that's kind of... Um, I don't know. I don't know if the words like refreshing is, is accurate, but it's like it's 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 cool to be excited like again. And I still have a lot of friends still over there, so like I hear whispers about like what like what is coming up or what thing that was, um, what thing that I knew was going to be working on if that actually like went through or like fell through or something like that. But um, I I moved on for like career reasons, obviously, but I'm. I think that there's definitely a different world where staying till the staying till launch would have been really cool. What about you, Chris? Do you look forward to that game coming out so you can see your work? Yeah, and it's I, I often have a lot of trouble going and playing games that I've worked on. Like out of um, my 20 years in the industry, I've actually only gone and played a game after release a couple of times. I think. Wow. Uh, but for Halo Infinite, I was working on that for four years. And uh, so there's a ton of stuff that I put into the game and I'm really interested to see uh, how much of it ships and you know, how it's changed and that kind of stuff. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Why do you typically not play the games that you've helped create? Uh, particularly for like shortish single player games, you spend so much time playing the games <laughs> during development that like 
it's kind of, it's spoiled the surprise. It's like reading spoilers for the latest episode of a TV show or whatever, right? Like you're less inclined to go watch it if um, all of the surprises are gone. It didn't occur to me that you guys who are actually designing the game would actually be playing it and testing it out at the same time. Mm. I just assumed they would have, you know, random Joes coming in to test it out and like focus groups. Uh, Does both happen or? uh, But both happens, but I think, playing and testing your your own stuff is like that's like the core way to design like there's no way you can know like um you can't like design something in a vacuum and then just say like well i think this is fun without like actually playing it and like confirming like hey yes this is actually fun um right like um taking taking chris uh, for example if he designs a new gun and then just kind of like throws it out into the wild without like playing around with it or like playing a couple PvP matches or something, maybe testing it out against some, some enemies, like see if it, like there's you do that, that loop is so common and like and so such a core part of, of, of iteration that the game doesn't feel it does really kill any like newfound excitement as like a fresh player would because you do go through these loops all the time. When you're designing something like that, how often do you have autonomy to say, look, this isn't fun. We need to change it. Or how often do you have to go by the script of what the game has to be? And even though you might not agree with whether it's fun or not, whether it's enjoyable or not, you still have to go down that path. I get, uh, these days designers have a fair amount of autonomy. Like I think it's, there are still some studios where you have like an auto director who wants everything to be a specific way, or like you're making something with a really strict storyline that you must adhere to. But I think in most cases, development is pretty iterative. And if something isn't working properly during playtesting, uh, you have a couple of cycles to come in and um, change it. Yeah. Um, it kind of, uh, it depends on the scale of the thing that you're talking about and also i think a bunch of different studios have a different different levels of like agency unlike um uh like i wouldn't like at the level that i'm at i'm like i'm just like a mid-level designer right now like i wouldn't be able to say like i don't think we should like i don't think the game should pursue this entire direction like like on a directional level that's probably something up for obviously the director to decide but on like a smaller level like um i think this individual mechanic should be changed or i think this individual thing like you usually have a lot of agency in in that category Matty, are you referring to like like the storyline or all the way a different character would act or or the mechanics Mm. of the game um i think a good example might be from like um so from like arc if i said um I don't like the crafting system. Like, I think we should, I, I think we should move away from crafting. Like that's like such a high level decision, such a core part of arc that like, I, it, it would be really, really hard to get the team on board to like, you know, to make that pivot. Uh-huh. But if it's something like, um, Oh, I think that one of these individual dinosaurs, or I think this one is this individual gun doesn't work properly. I think we should like rework it. There's a lot of agency. There's a lot of agency on the, on that level. That's good to have that that autonomy. I imagine that's very rewarding. And for people wanting to go into gaming, I imagine it all begins for wanting to design your own game. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's AAA 
especially is a little bit weird because obviously like if you're on a small if you're on a small team or i feel like making a game solo like you are literally making all those decisions like um and on a bigger game like that gets delegated way way more like like um the work that me and chris were doing on like halo infinite um we wouldn't make too many decisions about like multiplayer on on in 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 halo in general because like that was like a separate team and so like like it would be hard for us to say like hey i think multiplayer should do this thing because we work on ai and that was like a that was like a campaign thing yeah and um but um at the same time there's still just a lot of things to design and a lot of things to things to work on and um having having agency at at, at any studio um feels good as gamers and game designers you create really incredibly detailed games stories embedded throughout the play how does it make you feel when a game like among us comes along and gains so much popularity and it's such a simple thing i think that's great it kind of uh it really drives home that it's possible for even a tiny indie studio to uh, really make it big. And like they're now funding other games and they're growing their studio and who knows, like they could be the next Bungie or something someday. Um, if they even wanted to, which probably they don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think it's really cool. Like it's, um, it just proves that, there isn't such like a massive barrier to entry. Like, like if, if you wanted to make a game, but you needed a multi-million dollar studio, like innovation would just like completely die out, I think. Mm. And um, I do think indie is a lot riskier for, for, for obvious reasons. Like there's just a lot of more, there's a lot more games and like a multi-million dollar studio will get you like the safety of like, maybe like a massive, massive IP or like something else. But um, I think it's, I, I think it's awesome. That's it's something like Valheim, like, I think if indie games weren't successful, I don't think Valheim would have been successful. And but and I think Valheim's a, Valheim's a cool game, and uh, I think more people deserve cool games. What's gaming been like, and programming games been like during the pandemic? Did everything just transfer over to working from home? Was there an adjustment period? I think it varies a huge amount depending on your situation. Like. For me, I'm uh, pretty introverted and I work well uh, solo, so it's been pretty great for me. I have a ton of uh, friends who are parents, though, and uh, it's been a, a huge struggle for them, like trying to have two parents working from home and also the kids are at home and need schooling and that kind of thing. Um, and like my, I guess Marty's experience is probably more similar to mine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm living in an apartment by, by myself, so the solitude, I guess, or... Uh, it's been nice, but there's definitely the, there's definitely something that's either missing or definitely not the same from like collaborative effort stuff has been a little bit harder. Um, instead of being able to like walk over to someone's desk and say like, "Hey, like, what do you think about this thing?" or like ask them a question or something like that, you have to send them send a message on Slack, and um, there's sometimes some tag you you have to do with like emails. Um, it's I think it definitely varies on studio and process. Like there are some studios who are very, who are already remote pre, pre, pre pandemic. And they've kind of like had the system figured out, mm-hmm. but I think that there's a massive number of studios that's kind of just had to figure out something on the fly. Like once quarantine happened. So if everything went back to normal tomorrow, 
would you want it to go back to going back into the studio every day or some blend? What would be the best for your work style? I think for me, uh, I see value in people being in the office together and having that social relationship and everything. But I would uh, personally like to have just a couple of days or three days a week in the office and the rest of the time working from home still. Yeah, I, I think I agree for the most part. Like, I think there's definitely some days which is like, yeah, I can just I can just do this from home. Like, like I'm literally like interacting with or like talking to no one and I have no meetings. So it's like I could just I'd rather just stay home and like do my thing. Um, me personally, um, it's a lot easier for me to focus inside the office. And um, like I said, the the collaborative effort stuff, I, I, I definitely prefer. So I think I would prefer uh, in office. Now, as game designers, I imagine you spend a lot of time staring at screens all day. On average, how much do you spend on a regular day, a work day, and a day off staring at screens? Uh, probably something that's a little bit more healthy than what a doctor would recommend. Um, Does TV count as a screen? <laughs> I don't um, know. <laughs> yeah, I... I uh, do a lot of design work. Obviously, that's all that's, that's all on my computer, and I play a lot of video games. And uh, even just going YouTube and stuff like that, it's on my computer for for most of my day. Assuming I don't like, and these days, obviously, because because I'm not going outside, it's been a lot more than usual. I was going to ask: Are PC games superior to console games? <laughs> Age old question. And I personally mostly play games on console, and I think there are a ton of advantages to, to doing so, particularly a game like Destiny. Um, for example, uh, the multiplayer uh, is a lot more, or a lot less subject to cheating and that kind of thing on consoles. Um, just like if you're playing PvP, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, but having everyone play on the same tier of hardware is kind of an advantage as well. I play a lot of games on, on both, though, so I don't know. Uh, for me personally, I'm I'm very much a PC gamer. Like like I I have I have a PS4. I don't have a Xbox One, but um, if it comes out on PC, like I just like the all in one access of like here's all my media, but I can access like like websites at the same time. And there's a bunch of games that are moving to PC, and so having all my games in one place is really is really I like that a lot. What's a game that you thought you would like but actually hated? Oh, every space flight sim ever. I get super <laughs> excited. Like you know, It's going to be like Star Wars. You'll be dogfighting. And then when I actually get in and start playing them, every single time I get bored after a couple of hours. So you're saying you didn't like Rogue Squadron? Uh That was pretty good. Star Wars Squadrons? Yeah, it's, it's good. Like It's a really good example of that genre. But I find like once I start playing it, even then I still I get bored really fast. So it's nothing about the game itself. Just <laughs> I always think I'm going to enjoy it more than I end up. You have high expectations. How does uh, um, yeah? Sorry, Chris. Sorry. I just want to ask: How did the the latest release of the flight simulator? So not the space one, but the general flight simulator. Did that? Oh, Microsoft something? flight simulator. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, an amazing looking game, and it was super cool. Like uh, taking a you know, a propeller plane and flying it all over country Victoria, which is where I'm from in Australia and seeing how accurate it was. That was really, really cool. 
Um, again, though, like I get a couple of hours in and I'm like, oh, wow, this is really boring. But it does look amazing. What about you, Marty? Is there a game that you thought you'd like but actually hated? <laughs> um, funny enough, I, I I talked about Hollow Knight earlier and I really like the weapon in Hollow Knight, but uh, it's it's probably that game. <laughs> um and that's uh, the reason is because, like I said, I actually really like the combat in the game. Like, I think the combat is super tight. Um, I like I like most of the bosses and stuff like that. And um, it's like a it's like a hard game, which is like I I really like hard games. But as I've discovered more about myself, that I I really in games I really prefer mastery, um, and I don't really care too much about exploration. Uh-huh. And so all the all the mastery portions, which was, was like the combat and like and like killing bosses and stuff like that, was like super fun. But then you mix in all these portions where like the Metroidvania style explore exploration stuff, where it's like you could walk thirty minutes down to like the corner of the map and then have to turn back because you don't have like because you because you forgot to get an ability or something like that, and then you have to spend thirty minutes like going back, and that stuff really grinded on me. So you're not a big fan of like open world games, open concept where you just get to wander and explore you're more no, focused on uh, the, the task at hand yeah uh, uh chris actually lent me breath of the wild and I, I i i beat it but i was very Complained every step of the way if i remember <laughs> <laughs> i did not enjoy it too much so when you get a game that that you don't enjoy very much how much is that drive to complete it have you ever had a game where you're just like this is a piece of crap done or do you have to finish it uh it depends so so for, for i i think as a designer there's a lot of value in playing games you, both games that you don't like and also games that you just like games that are just like objectively bad <laughs> and um i i think there's a lot of value there um especially learning like what helping identify like what either i personally or what someone else might not like about this game like helps to like helps give perspective on like certain mechanics on like well why don't i like this is it just not fun does it not work well is there something that do it is there another game that i think that did do this well or and like um there's a lot of value there uh with that said um i usually play until i get like a full picture of the game um for example uh near automata like i think i put like 15 hours into that game i've i've no i have no interest in like finishing it and like i got most of the picture but um, they just kind of had some core combat, some core combat issues, which I think could be fixed. But uh, I've learned and picked something up from from, from that. For me, if uh, if something is at all relevant to my job, I will tend to play enough of it to experience everything um, that's interesting about the game, even if that means finishing it, even if I'm not really enjoying it. Uh, for games that aren't related to my job, occasionally, if a game is really hard, um. I'll just get it into my head that it's not going to beat me and I keep going until I've beaten it, even if I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> For the most part, though, I'll get a few hours in. If, it's, if I'm not enjoying it, I'll put it the way. Okay, Marty, we're going to try some quick-fire questions. So I'm going to give you a console... And I want you to tell me the first game that comes to your mind. And we're going to go Chris first and then Marty. So, listeners, that's the order we're going. So, PlayStation 1. Final Fantasy 7. Ooh, that was my, that was my answer too. <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy 7 so is iconic, I think. Okay. Uh, Xbox. Halo. 
Same here. Halo again, <laughs> just just super iconic. It's like the the both of those games are like the exact game that I probably played the most on both those consoles. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Super Nintendo. Uh, Super Mario Brothers. Uh, I was gonna go Super Mario World or either that or Chrono Trigger. Uh, PlayStation Four. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, Persona Five. Ooh, good call. That's a great game. And last one, Wii. Nintendo Wii. Uh, Wii Sports. Um, for me, I played a lot of WarioWare, and uh, it's not the most popular thing, but yeah, it's probably WarioWare for me. So you guys both work in gaming. Do you ever play games together? Uh, yeah, though it's been a little while. And funnily, we used to play... Um, well, you were in the D&D group, weren't you, Marty? Uh, I don't think I was. No. I am I am, I am. am currently playing Divinity Original Sin 2. Which I literally just stopped playing with them like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> okay, so out of the two of you, who's more competitive? I don't think we've ever talked about this, have we? We haven't. Just- I would guess Marty. That would be my guess. I, I play, judging by the games I, that, like, my repertoire of games, like, um, I commonly play, like, a lot of League of Legends. Um, I'm playing a lot of Valorant, Apex Legends, and uh, Legends of Runeterra, obviously. Um, and it's, like, a lot of uh, competitive PvP games, so. Okay, who's more strategic, then? It's tricky on. I probably still also Marty. Like based solely on our conversations about Fire Emblem. Ooh, <laughs> that, that is true. Um, yeah, I, I like I like RPGs. I uh, min maxing is uh, I like min maxing a lot, and uh, that's why I really gravitated towards like JRPGs, tactics games like Fire Emblem, um, and card games and, like Slay the Spire and like Monster Train. Okay. Um- Chris, this question is right up your alley. What's the best weapon you've ever used in a game? <laughs> uh, the pistol from Halo C. Ooh, that's a good one. Marty, have you got an answer? Have you got a, a weapon that's your go-to? Hmm. It's. I'm trying to think of like non-FPS weapons, and if if like there's been anything that's really been solid, I really really liked the combat in Hollow Knight. Um, I don't know if that counts. Like like using the sword in Hollow Knight, it was like super clean. The nail, yeah, yeah. I think actually backup backup weapon choice, uh, the Claymore from Dark Souls. Ooh. Uh, who's your Claymore favorite villain from a video game, and why? Uh, probably Shodan from System Shock. I guess System Shock 2 would be. Um, it's like the super intelligent but uh, like super evil AI enemy. Um, it's something really compelling about that. Uh, for me, it's a Handsome Jack from Borderlands 2. Uh, <laughs> super charismatic and just like made that made that game, I think. And uh, yeah. Okay, uh, Mario or Sonic? Mario. Ooh, uh, 
it's Sonic, but because of the 3D ones from Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> and that's the, yeah. Well, guys, um, thank you so much for coming and talking to me about games. Uh, I, I always think I know a lot, a, a fair bit about games, but then when I talk to you guys, it's like speaking a completely different language. I'm, I've got a ton <laughs> of games to go and look up now and go and have a try of, and um, I hope some of the listeners look them up as well, as well as checking out some of the content that you guys have designed. Uh, I'm keen to go and check them out. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Luke. Always a pleasure. Special thank you to my guests, Marty and Chris, for joining me today. Talk all things video games. Thoroughly enjoyable. Wow. I love talking video games, so that was right up my alley. I hope you enjoyed it too, listeners. And if you want to know any more information about Marty or Chris's work, head on over to our social media where I will have shared lots of links to their different games. So until next time, cheers.